Welcome to the Salesforce Spotlight Series. I'm Teresa. And I'm TJ, and we co-lead Salesforce's employee loyalty programs. We're excited to have you here firsthand from employees at each step of their employee journey and current Salesforce alumni from around the globe. You'll also hear how Salesforce has impacted these employees' lives. Now let's go. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what you currently do at Salesforce. So I am first in my family to go to college. I am someone who has oscillated between uh, consulting and large corporations over my career. I am very much an East Coast girl, very much an East Coast girl and everything that comes with being from the East Coast. And I currently lead the employee advocacy and belonging team at Salesforce, of which our signature program is the Warm Line. And the Warm Line is an advocacy program for women and people who identify as women of all ethnicities, Black, Indigenous, Latinx employees, plus one more to be added this year. That'll be a surprise um, on which which, um, group we're going to add to our community to help them navigate belonging and their careers at Salesforce. Awesome. And what kind of advice would you give to employees just getting started at the company? Just getting started, meet as many people as you can outside of your team, like get to know all parts of the organization and individuals in other parts of the organization, because your experience of Salesforce is going to be larger than, than just your immediate team. Yeah. And so kind of tacking onto that is you've been here for 10 years. Think about rewinding back to when you first joined Salesforce, what did you do? Talk to us about your career journey and how'd you land up being the lead of employee advocacy? Yeah. So I started in CSG because I'm a recovering consultant. So it was very easy to, um, this is my third technology company. So it's very easy to help customers with our technology to use it, to get value of it, et cetera. I did that for maybe three, four years. And then I saw an Ignite being done from one of the customers that I supported. And I said, I don't know what that is, but that needs to be my job. So it didn't happen immediately. Uh, I was at first told no when I tried to go for the role. But when they went to scale the organization, I successfully interviewed for the job. I actually got to see the work several times before it was my job. So when I interviewed, I was really good at it because I was doing the work on a volunteer and voluntold basis. And then I did that work in strategy and innovation with Ignite in both enterprise, commercial, and .org over time. But one thing that was consistent, and TJ knows this, one thing that was consistent is that I was always that advocate for individuals. I'm a connector. I can you know, take information from here and there and connect it together because it makes sense. It it ties together nicely. So one might say that I was doing the warm line before I was on the warm line because it was important to help people figure out their path and way at Salesforce to me. So when the opportunity came to lead the warm line, I was the best candidate for it because it was my side job. So my side job that I was really passionate about became my full-time job that I'm really passionate about. Yeah. And how did you become like the guru of kind of equality and belonging, right? Where people can feel like, does this make sense? Or like, what can you share in that regard? So I could talk about your passion of like, you just kind of took this initiative, like, hey, I'm here, like run ideas by me. Give me, let me be 
this voice for yeah, my play black community. It's more than that. Um, yeah. So I approached our executives to say, hey, because I think that we shouldn't just be problem identifiers. We should be problem solvers. So when I approached our executives with like, hey, there's a problem here, but here are some ideas that we could consider. I think they valued that. So a couple of things, I'm not afraid to speak truth to power, but I'm going to also support them with the actionable solution forward. And I think that's served me, right? Because it's, I'm not just raising problems and saying, okay, here's a problem. Here are some potential yes. solutions. I think they value that. And like, tell me, like, I mean, you said you worked at other previous tech companies before. You've been in the corporate environment. Like, I always tell people, because I've been here for a long time too. It's like, I love how Salesforce is a company that embrace, like, will listen to your ideas. They let you kind of build what you think will make, you know, if you think it makes sense and they agree, they'll let you build it, right? You can innovate. You don't, there's like, I feel like it's not so much hierarchical of like, no, you can't right. do that because that's not in your role. So can you maybe kind of touch on that a little bit more about how you feel like you have access to power here at Salesforce that is a company that wants us to, like is listening, you know, and trying their best to make change? Yeah, I've never approached or asked for time from an executive who didn't listen. Oftentimes it was in person back in the day. But it's a point of view. You're sharing a perspective. So I think all of our executives are really open to that, more so than Salesforce being a company who's like, it's funny, Monica Falbush, eons ago, uh, ESD, yeah. said, drew two circles in our boot camp. Like, this is your job and this is Salesforce and you can do everything within that circle. So I've always taken that to heart and that I can do everything in that circle as long as I'm excellent in my job first, right? Yeah. So I think that was the part that was important. What was the second part to your question, Teresa? Because I'm uh, yes, I just think about like the culture. You know, I think mm-hmm. that's what makes us unique. Like, you know, we interview boomerangs too, and they'll say like, "I didn't realize mm-hmm. how good I had at Salesforce that I can bring up new ideas. I have to go through like twenty different approvals to do something." You know, mm-hmm. like people are here to listen, and so I think a lot of your career success has come from people listening, and that's kind of part of the culture. Yeah, and I think Salesforce has a soul. Right. So I think about, you know, this is something you won't hear on the news, but when Hurricane Sandy happened and then our executives found out that people were impacted on the East Coast, they told us to go to hotels um, and charge it to the company. Right. To me, that is such a such an indication of I care for you that I care back for this company. Like I will never forget that experience. I think about employees who have gotten really sick and the company has stepped in like we have insurance great but the company has stepped in to really help them get access to the best doctors like the company has a soul and the company cares about its employees if there's something that the company knows about it fixes it and that has been consistent throughout my time as Salesforce. you know a lot of times we're trying to get people to coalesce like that is our goal and a lot of, you know, sometimes you're halfway in your career, you're five years in a sales force and you're like, oh God, kind of getting the itch. Do I want to stay? What's next for me? Maybe I should go elsewhere. Like what advice do you have for those employees that maybe hit halfway mark to COA? What would you maybe tell them? Not even halfway. I remember being in year seven and just having not a good experience as an employee and thinking about leaving <laughs> and COA. And I, I think I shared with you, COA was one of, one of the things that was like, what is this elusive what is the secret society of COA? I would tell them, stick through it. Like, 
the only thing consistent at Salesforce is change as we grow. And if you're in a situation that doesn't serve you, raise your hand and do something different and you may find your place. So I've been here since 10 years, but the best job I've ever had at Salesforce is the job that I'm in now. And I can't imagine not having done those 10 years to get to this role. Oh God, you're speaking my truth because that's how I feel as well. I am in my favorite job ever. I just had my performance review with Angela and she's like, is there another job at Salesforce that you're interested in? I'm like, nope, I love this job. This job is meant for me, right? I think you think too, like this job is meant for you. You got to do things that you care about. The fact that I get to help, like I know how to sell. I know how to influence C-level executives. I know how to help them understand how Salesforce will grow their business, help them to achieve their business objectives. But the thought and the privilege that I have to help people to navigate their careers, which has an impact on their families, on their lives, exponentially greater. And I never even considered that for myself. So the opportunity that I have in this role is literally dream job. And sometimes like I feel, you know, when you've been here for a long time, you've kind of built like your own Salesforce family. Like, can you, do you have a story that you can share where you really feel like that family vibe? It's like your coworkers, but there's something, there's like this extra depth to it. Yeah. It's, it's so funny. It, it is Salesforce. So depend if I'm on the, if I'm on the West coast, it's going to be Aisha Von Kelly. It's going to be the individuals yeah. who like from day one, if I'm in Atlanta, it's going to be the Cindy Tyske gauges if I'm in Chicago. So it really is family. The thing that I love the most, because I've always been on the distribution side, is seeing those individuals who were AEs now run like sales teams and be leaders uh-huh. in the org. So kind of seeing their growth is great. So I kind of feel like I have family wherever I go because over time, I've worked on so many accounts. People still reach out to me about, hey, you worked with this professional football team. What did you do there? And then, you know, kind of like sharing the stories and best practices across. And that goes across international lines too, right? So it can be either industry focus or seeing others grow up in Salesforce. Even some people who I went to boot camp with, like we always are like, hey, and Dreamforce, right? It was always when we got to like see each other in person. So looking forward to a time when we can do that again. But the Salesforce family is thick through yeah. all levels of the organization, all places. And I was thinking about when you, tra- you talked about Cindy, I'm like so happy that she's joined the ES side of the, rep- the house too, you know, because she's always been a big advocate. She's always helping out at becoming Salesforce. And now she's on ES, which is going to be super awesome. All right. So pandemic, you mentioned, you're like, oh, we're talking about vacation, well-being. How have you managed through the pandemic? Because we're still kind of continuing on in the state. Like, what are you doing to take care of yourself? I really found this practice of walking every morning. So walking every morning in my neighborhood when it was quiet, people weren't quite awake yet. And it allowed me the space to like separate work and life because work is life and to like just be peaceful. Um, So that has been a pandemic practice that I've picked up walking in the morning. And then like, how do you encourage your team members? We talked about this. How do you encourage your team members to take care of themselves? Yeah, we do a lot of checking in. Whenever we have team meetings, whenever we have one-on-ones, one of the things that I do is how, at the end of our one-on-ones, how can I support you? 
right? So I try to create the space for not just feedback. I, I also encourage my team to give me feedback, but also space for them to kind of share what they need and 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 for me to support them in any way that makes sense. So, you know, I had a team member take a leave, which was great. I got a chance to spend time with family, just being really, really thoughtful, um, not thoughtful, intentional about checking in on where they are. I like that. I actually just wrote that down on my little whiteboard. What it was, how can I support you? Yeah. I should make sure I ask my team members that. Um, TJ, you'll quiz me and hopefully my next one-on-one I ask you, how can I support you? We have it in two um, hours. So hopefully you right. don't forget. <laughs> I hope I don't forget two hours. Um, so equality groups, How? tell me about your involvement in our equality groups, Jacqueline. So I I founded Bold Force New York in 2016. We probably were noodling on it for a year before we just were like, created a chatter group. Um, and it was really, really impactful in terms of creating community in New York. You know, we're headquartered in San Francisco, so we always look to San Francisco for what we should and shouldn't do. But I think it was the first time that we were establishing, you know, who we are as a as a New York community and brand and 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 team. So it was great. We've gotten to do great things in the community with other ERGs. We had our holiday party where we made. Um, stockings with other ERGs, you know, it, it has built a lot of community even across ERGs um, leading both force. But I was so super excited to turn the leadership of, of that over to the next generation of leaders um, in the in the past year. So it was it has been like a great ride um, to kind of found that ERG in New York and turn it over to new leadership and see how they take it to the next level. Um, and then I know ERGs, there's a little big emphasis on giving back. So how do you give back to through your BTO or how do you volunteer in local community? What are you passionate about? Yeah, so I am on the board of Pep Up Tech. It's a nonprofit that helps uh, individuals who don't have access to or helps individuals get them access to careers in technology. So just doing the work with the alumni group to make sure after the students learn Salesforce that they know how to be professionals in corporate America is a lot of the work that I'm doing now. But I've done everything from escort 80 Peppa Tech students to Dreamforce when they were featured a couple years ago. I think the biggest thing in terms of giving back is for a couple years before um, MLK Day was a day off, we would do a day of service in the office. And it warmed my heart how many individuals across all different teams, across the entire hub, even remote employees would come in to work with the students. So the last one that I led, um, we did resume reviews. We taught networking best practices. We did headshots with the students. And then we had lunch where students can go one-on-one lunches with different um, employees to practice what they learned with their networking skills. So when we do things like that, like, and I think there were probably over like 400 hours of VTO in that day, in that one day, it warms my heart about like, I get to work at this amazing place where people are willing to give their time and service of others to help them be professionals. It's like, and I'm then they're paying me to do this. It feels great, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Like, so. And so, um, you know, you, this is the year that you hit COA. And I know you might mention this as like your major highlight when you got to interview um, Adam Grant. But I'll stop and I'll say like, what were you look? What were you most looking forward to being part of a COA club? And then second, like, what have you enjoyed the most so far? 
So what were you looking forward to and what have you enjoyed the most? Um, I, I needed to know what it was. Like it was this elusive secret society. And I'm like, I don't know what code it is, but I need it. So being able to interview Adam Grant was more than a highlight. Like I was literally in the process of reading his book which I have right here. <laughs> so the fact that I got to interview him was just like, I don't know if this is Koa, I'm in. I've like already checked the what's better than Koa box. I look uh-huh. forward to, um, I love the engagement that we have in the Slack group, but I do look forward to the moment when we can all kind of get together as Koa. All right. So we've got four minutes left. Kind of just let us know what your thoughts are. How do we kind of get this like stigma of like what it's like to be black at Salesforce. Yeah. Like, what do you want to share? Because this is going to go internal and external. Yeah, I need to probably think about what those things. I'm going to do three. So for this, I'm okay. going to do three really solid things. It's going to be um, your experience is shaped by your experience. Don't let anyone else tell you what your experience should be. Go forth and take risks and do things that are that go beyond your job description, you will find that that will serve you and that it will give you much more than you've ever imagined in your role. So something about, and I'll, I'll fix these up by the time you actually have them written down, but something about your experience is, is your experience and be committed to that being an awesome experience, right? Like I've had up and down experiences at Salesforce. I've had lots of managers at Salesforce But the thing that was consistent is that I always had people rooting for me and supporting me to be great. And like, I I want that for everyone. I think another, maybe they're related, but another point would be don't let your manager be the only person who knows what value you bring to the organization. Like I'm, I'm reminded of that Monica Felbush, like here's your job, be excellent in your job, but do all these other things. So whether it's the work, in ERGs, whether it's working on special projects, whether it's working with other teams, and I've gotten a chance to do that. I've never allowed my manager to be the only person who says, oh, Jacqueline's good at X, right? Because I think that can be really limiting. Always be curious. Like your job might be something that like my job didn't exist. Um, Be curious, open to the unexpected maybe, and let the universe surprise you. Something in that, right? You couldn't have told me that I'd ever be an ES. Like I'm a business girl. I work with C-levels. I'm on the business side, but being an ES is really, really like a highlight of my career. I love that you talk about be curious because you, you know, similar to me, like I was in distribution too. I was an AE and I came into ES. And so you're in these meetings, you're asking questions out of sheer curiosity and you're actually learning a lot, but you're also bringing you perspective to a group that is traditionally born and bred HR, right? One thing that I love that you do too, is just in meetings, I love that you, you ask questions to get clarification. And a lot of times you're asked questions. A lot of people want to ask, they just, they aren't. So I love that you are that person. And you are incredibly, kudos to you too, is that you're incredibly engaged in a lot of these virtual calls. Like we're on a call of 60 other people, but you're still actively engaged. And I like, that is very impressive. I think it comes down to the root of like wanting to understand what's going on, you know? But you know what it is? It brings me to another point. If I'm in the meeting, I'm in the room, it's because I have permission to use my voice. Yeah. 
Right. So I, I do feel like if I have something to say, I should say it because they invited me here for a reason. Right. Exactly. And I remember my first extended ESLT meeting I was invited to, it was like an offsite. And um, Jody Conner's like, Teresa, you got invited to this because you deserve a seat at this table. So right. make yourself known so people can see what you're all about. And I think you've done a really good job. And I think that's why you're so well respected in the organization. So, and that you're my friend. Yes. This yes. Thanks for joining us on the Salesforce Spotlight Series. Be sure to catch our next episode. Sending positive vibes from our Salesforce family to you and yours. 